Welcome to the FNO InsureTech Podcast, a place where movers and shakers from all points within the insurance ecosystem gather and discuss all things InsureTech. We talk about how technology and innovation are affecting and driving change in the industry. Here are your hosts, Lee Boyd and Rob Beller. Hey, podcast world. Welcome to another amazing, terrific, unbelievable hairstyle <laughs> problem <laughs> episode of FNO InsureTech. That's right. That's right. Rob Beller and Lee Boyd here. Rob Beller right. having a normal hair day. Lee Boyd having a bad hair day. It's puffy. It's puffy and and I'm having a real hard time with it, but not enough that I'm actually going to go get a haircut or anything. So my wife, who's an amazing woman, has a, mm-hmm. has an expression that she uses all the time. Okay. And uh, I have adopted it too, because it's 100% correct. And that is, her, her phrase is, nobody cares. <laughs> and, you know, I know this is bothering you a lot, Lee. It is. But it feels I've pulled the other people who can see you on the video. Yeah. And everybody else feels the same way. And that is, we don't, nobody. we can't even notice. We can't even Nobody see. cares. Nobody, nobody cares. cares. Well, first of all, Nobody well, I cares. appreciate you saying that about my hair, that nobody cares. Alicia, or is that just about me in general? Alicia, Alicia, can you tell that Lee's having a puffy hair day? Ah, oh, see, she's nice. Rob just says, oh, it's terrible. No, but who cares? I would, uh, you know me, you know me, oh, I'm honest. Oh, yeah, I'm honest. You're, you're right. You're I'm right. honest, you're honest. I, I would say to you, you know what, Lee? Well, let's put it this way. You have a haircut made for podcasting. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I'll, I'll take that. To all Speaking of, you of guests, haircuts, I'm sorry. do we yeah. ever have a great insure tech with us today? Well, what if you're, what if you're a, a salon, right? Oh, what no. if you're a small uh, business uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and, and you have employees and uh-huh. you need to do HR things right? and, and payroll, but yet you don't have enough people to do all those things. You know what you might do is you might contract with oh. a PEO okay. to handle all of your payroll and all of your HR needs. Yeah. And they become co-employers with you. That's what That's, a PEO does. Professional okay. Employment Organization, I think it believe I believe it stands for. Okay. And so these companies basically help you manage all your all your employee needs all and they my can do it for companies that are up to hundreds of people or as small as, as a salon, like you said. Well, what if they, I mean, I think it'd be really cool if they were able to help me with some of my insurance needs. Well, that's, but the I don't, thing. I don't know if that exists. That's the thing is today we have with us Hamesh Chala, CEO and co-founder of Mulberry. Yes. Aren't we lucky? He is here. He's here to talk all about that. He is going to be here to tell us how these uh, companies can use his platform to place insurance for the, for the small business world out there. Right. It, it'll be great. It'll right. be a, a very good conversation. So without further ado, here's our interview with Hamesh Chala, co-founder and CEO of Mulberry. Hey, everybody, we're here with our guest coming to us today from right down the street from me, basically, in 
Sunnyvale, California. Is that right, Hamesh? Sunnyvale? That's absolutely right, Sunnyvale. Okay. okay, so we have... Is it sunny there? It's actually raining for yeah, the last have, few days. Uh, good news in California. We've had yeah, a lot of rain. Yes. And, um, and we love that because, because we need water. It's a, we, we do. Need water. We do. We need water. We do. So anyway, we, but enough of that. Let's talk about <laughs> our guest, who is Hamesh Chala, the CEO and co-founder of Mulberry. Welcome to Infino InsureTech. Pleasure to be here. Uh, thank you, Rob. Thank you, Lee. You're welcome. I mean, we've already covered that you're from Sunnyvale and we need water in California. Is there anything else to talk about? <laughs> well, not really. I mean, I think <laughs> other, than, other than California is still the best place out there. So there's uh, okay. Lee, okay. You know, uh-huh. uh, so, hey, hey, but, but you know, Texas, Texas is uh, a pretty nice place. Well, you know what, uh, you know, I've spent a few years there, so I can now say something. It doesn't pale. It pales as comparison to Southern California. <laughs> Uh, you're in A&M. You're, you're in College Station. Let's, let's, okay, we're on a slippery slope here, guys, because we all know that if we want to start getting into the positives and the negatives of where we live, California Yours has- would be very high, short? No, both, both sides of that ledger are very long in California. They are. California's a wonderful place. It's, no. it's a beautiful place. It is. And then there's the negatives. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Mulberry. So- yep. So, Hamesh, let's let you start by telling us what's Mulberry, what do you guys do, and what do you do there? Sure. Well, I think, uh, thank you, uh, Robin Lee. Uh, so, Mulberry um, is a cloud-embedded insurance marketplace to simplify the business procurement for uh, property and casualty insurances and cyber for small and medium businesses. And, and the thesis we started, I mean, I've, I've, I've listened to a couple of your episodes as well, and there are a lot of insure techs that you interview, um, and they, they have come together with simplifying this whole end-to-end insurance lifecycle for small and medium businesses. But our thesis as we started this was really about creating a platform that will simplify the workflows of these payroll providers or these professional employment organizations, by virtue of that, also providing them a marketplace wherein they can procure business insurances and cyber insurances for the small medium business. Let me take a minute or so to talk about what these payroll providers are or when, and why we sort of are embedded in a marketplace. We are we're talking about these payroll providers. So, you know, you've heard of folks like Trinets of the world or ADPs of the world. Um, There are um, about 600, 700 of these PEOs across the nation. And what they provide is they provide payroll services. They provide HR services to small and medium businesses. So much like, you know, if we are a startup, I can't afford an HR department today. Um, Or, you know, you have a restaurant out there. They can't afford an HR department or a payroll department. So they go to these PEOs and say, look, Mr. PEO, why don't you outsource my HR service and payroll service? Now, the catch there is that none of these firms can provide a quote or a service until they also provide workers' comp mm. because they become co-employers mm. of okay. these small, medium businesses. Right, right. And therein we saw 
our distribution opportunity. Hmm. Where we said that if we can go in and simplify how these POs do their work day in, day out in creating quotes for the PO services, our platform can then become that marketplace for them to, to procure workers' comp and at the same time create an opportunity for them to cross-sell other insurance types like cyber, mm. like GL, like mm. PL, like tech, you know. So that's what's the thesis. I mean, we are we a very distribution first, strategy first, you know, startup, where we focus that first before going in and trying to solve the problem. So th th that's super interesting. I have some familiarity with PEOs yeah. from, from my background. And like you said, I mean, m many of them have their customers who are small and medium businesses of all stripes Correct. come to them and say, gosh, you know, you guys handle my payroll and we're co-employees and all that stuff, but I need Correct. help with all this other stuff like insurance. Correct. Right. And, and where Correct. else is some, it's an, it's a totally logical place for the customer of a PEO to go. Correct. Um, and I'm sure the PO advertises that to them as well. But um, so what you're doing, your customer is the PEO. Spot on. Yes. And you're providing this platform, this embedded platform. So the PEO can say, look at all this stuff we have. Look at all these options we can give you, not only on the workers comp side, but on all these uh, and, and so, all these other lines of insurance as well. Correct. Spot on. Okay. Spot on. Brilliant. I, I, I love it. I love it. And in fact, we are exposed. I mean, I think if you, uh, if I get an opportunity to show you the demo of our platform, I mean, you summarized it so well, Rob. The way we see is uh, we are seen as we are seen as a tile on the payroll system, and that tile says a talks. It's an insurance tile, mm -hmm. and then as a small medium business comes and wants to check their payroll or, you know, do their taxes or, I mean, it's do everything they need to do for their business. They're also being shown along with 401k and, and whatever. They're also being shown a tile which says, click on this insurance tile, which is powered by Mulberry and you can buy cyber from there or, or, or all the other additional insurance types as well. And I think that the, the other advantage here is Rob, as you said, was workers comp is mandatory. Right. So you cannot provide a service. So let's say if I want to go and say, Mr. PEO, I want a service from you. The PEO will become a co-employer. So the PEO has to be the provider of workers comp to me. And, and that's the other part you enjoy because suddenly now via four or five PEOs, you now have a base of, you're talking about 20,000 small medium businesses. Sure, sure. I mean, if wow, I, were, right. if I right. were a direct store front, I right. would spend decades. And, and pay a tremendous sum of money to aggregate that list uh, for yourself. And, and let's just, we need to stop one sec, Hamesh, and you need sure. to explain in 30 seconds, what, is it, what does PEO mean and what is it? Because there, there are people listening who might not know that. Oh, you're spot on. Sorry. So PEO is a professional employment organization. Uh, they are uh, a provider of payroll and HR services for small, medium businesses. And in doing so, they also become the co-employer of these small, medium businesses. And typically, they are there for, you know, I would say anywhere between a 
uh, one to maybe 300, 400 employees. You know, I've seen that those ranges as well. And beyond that, then, you know, the companies may sort of shift away from PEOs. Uh-huh. But, but, but that's, that's where, uh, but that's truly the, serve, the sweet spot and, and the service they provide um, for, and they're about close to about 700 odd across the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And, uh, you know, we are all, actually, Mulberry is also a part of NAPIO. Uh, NAPIO is called National, it's an affinity organization that sort of governs these POs. Uh, they meet, um, you know, every year and they have conventions and conferences and we have become a very uh, strong integral part of their committee. Uh, I'm also on the NAPIO cyber board now. Um, I see. So essentially, you know, we are getting a lot of good face time with the POs and trying to understand their problems and how do we, uh, you know, better their lives and, and serve their small, medium businesses. And so what you, what you did was, um, thank you for providing that explanation. I think that was very important. And so any one of these PEOs might have, as their customers, hundreds, literally, right? Dozens or hundreds of small and medium businesses who are using their payroll and HR services, correct? Spot on. Spot and so on. what you you do is you embed somewhere within their electronic footprint uh, within their digital footprint, you embed so that they can offer uh, your products or the products that you bring to their customers. I, I think Rob, you should become part of Mulberry. I, was I, say, think, he's a, I think he's a spokesman for you now. Well, you know, I mean, I can I can be summarizing betterly than what Rob is saying. You know, <laughs> oh, Rob, thank it. you. You stop made it, it very clear. Oh, stop <laughs> it, everybody! Really, no. <laughs> I do. I, I do have no, a it's question. It's true. It's 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 absolutely spot on. I'm, it's not. It's it, so what you're talking about? I mean, from a from a go to market standpoint is not terribly, I mean, it's not a revolution. It's just a brilliant insight, right? You found Correct. you found a particular marketplace that has to deal with small, with, with insurance for SMBs every day a lot. A hundred percent. Because Rob, 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 look, and Lee, I mean, every insure tech out there is trying to simplify the insurance life cycle, whether it be from transfer of information, whether it be from uh, coat and bind, or whether it be from post bind services. And where I think have are struggling right now is because many of these took the route of going directly to the small medium business. Insurance buying is not a transaction, okay. right? So taking them directly as a digital storefront to the small medium business, you will struggle. We have found a PO. Somebody else may find another embedded channel. But if right. it, our, our thing was, A, we get the distribution so that we don't have to have the cost of acquisition. B, we, we use the trust between the PO and the SMB. So the PO says, look, Mr. SMB, I recommend, or this, is, this insurance marketplace is an endorsed marketplace by me, there is trust because as it is, you know, look, my data is with the PEO now. My information is there. And so I'm trusting that PEO. Yeah, yeah. And, right. and, and third, the beautiful part is much of the complexity today in insur- insurance world is in the initial transfer of information. Uh-huh. 
So if, if I don't know if you guys, you guys may already know, but to construct a workers' comp payload to get a quote, there are about 40 questions. Right. Sure. And sure. then there are some dynamic questions that each of the carriers also ask, right? So I'm so carrier A may say, yep, you know, I need to have them 20 more questions. They may be all similar. And, and that's where these guys spend time between uh, the end uh, insured and, you know, the broker going back and forth in emails, spreadsheets and whatever. What we enjoy when we embed, as Rob said, electronically, as he used the word, we connect with their payroll systems. So when we connect with their payroll systems via APIs, we are able to get much of the information that we can use to construct the payload. Sure. So Brilliant. imagine now, out of these 40 questions, Rob and Lee, 30 are pre-populated. Mm -hmm. That's great. Right. And then we can then go back to the end insured and say, look, we have already done much of the work. Just fill up these four or five things because we have taken the information that you'd already provided as part of the PO process. And we are able to now go to the carriers and get the quotes for you. So that's the other advantage of being an embedded nature. That right. It's so much solve. quicker. Love you it. already have the data. You don't have to ask any, any more times. And, and that is where the biggest problem is in, in the insurance world today. You spend most of the time there. Yeah. So, so whose products are these? Are, are, are any of these your insurance products or is your main focus just connecting the, the small business to the carrier? I think that's a great point. Uh, we are still being, we are still being the connecting layer right now. You know? okay. You're a broker. Now, we, are, we are a broker. Um, broker. Now we do have aspirations to go up the chain. Okay. I think we, you know, in terms of becoming an MGA uh, in certain lines um, uh, and when we are going through that strategy right now, um, but at the moment, Absolutely, yes. We are a connecting layer, so we are a broker. Mm -hmm. What is the what is the most uh, most sold product? Is it is it workers comp? Workers comp, and we are also finding great traction in Cyberly. Oh yeah, I would yeah. imagine. So what's happening is, you know, it was funny. You know, we just got a policy that a yoga studio. Can you imagine a yoga studio buying a two thousand dollar policy? Cyber. What has happened in the last two to three years is one could never think like that. I was having a discussion with the, uh, with, um, you know, uh, the CEO of Qualys the other day. Um, and, and he said that, look, you know, we won't be, you know, how, how can small, medium businesses, what is the awareness like in these small, medium businesses uh, for cyber? Because, you know, I mean, you, can, you can't expect like a restaurant or a yoga studio to wake up one day and say, well, I need cyber insurance. Right. Because, because their exposures are, you know, very limited. Right. Um, but what's happening is that in, in the PO land, there is renewed awareness and the macro trends that cyber is becoming very key, especially because they're controlling much of the data. There's so much data flowing through this industry today, right? And, and with all the breaches that have happened around you, especially around ransomware and social engineering, the awareness is very different than what it was three to four years back. And so these PEOs are also becoming more and more sort of driven to say, well, yes, let's, let's send out some educational content to my small medium businesses to make them learn about cyber. Isn't it in their interest that, that their customers are insured? 100%. And that's what they are helping. They're helping them educate. Because look, you know, I, you know in cyber, they say, 
if it'll happen, an attack, it's when. Right, absolutely. So how do you start to protect yourself? And I think what they're also realizing is it's just not enough to protect my boundaries, my perimeter, my networks, because ultimately, you know, I could be SMBs are coming into my daily network every day. And I could be getting an email from an SMB CEO saying, I want to withdraw this much money as a ransomware email. And I could get fooled if I don't have the right controls and multi-factor authentication and stuff like that. So how do we now drive awareness in these small medium businesses? And that is where what we are finding is that people are now much more attuned to cyber and they're, they're going after understanding cyber coverages. So to, to answer your point, a question, Lee, we are seeing a great traction between workers comp and cyber. Is cyber kind of that product that's out there that, that you're given a lot of attention to? Yes. And I feel in my mind, if, if I, I, and I don't know if it's going to become, but if I have to look five years, 10 years down the line, today, workers' comp is mandatory. Mm-hmm. And, I, and the way I view workers' comp is, is, is for physical protection, right? Somebody gets injured, workers' comp is there to help uh, provide that sort of coverage for that. And I feel that, you know, I, don't, I, I do see a world in five to 10 years that may, maybe cyber is going to become mandatory. Because cyber is online protection, virtual protection. Workers' comp is physical protection. Mm-hmm. And as you see, the lines between virtual and physical are getting blurred now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the world is moving towards an online world. And so I think there will come at a point where the legislative bodies and the laws, I think there will come where cyber is going to become mandatory. And, and I think we are seeing that kind of awareness now. And so small, medium business is no different. Um, and which is why we are starting to see some good traction between the two products, workers' comp and cyber. And, and look, insurtechs, um, you know, are much better suited as well to drive, you know, and help small, medium businesses in it because cyber also needs some technology or tech background. Um, you know, you, you, you can't, you know, there are questions like how many PII records do you have? right? Before you start to write a policy. And then how do you explain that to your end insured and such? Um, and so uh, this is where I think insure techs will, will make start to make a difference. Yes, please. So some of the other platforms and sure. uh, people that we've spoken to specialize in certain areas, i.e. Um, lawyers or, you know, uh, a, an affinity group of sorts or a group, a, a vertical. And from a customer stamp, from the end user customer standpoint, you guys really don't. I mean, like you said, you could have a yoga studio and you could have a restaurant. You could have a restaurant and you could have a laundromat, right? I mean, you could have a grocery store, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, correct? You, you brought it up quite nicely earlier on, um, which is there, are all, there can be two strategies uh, in insure techs. Um, one is you become the horizontal marketplace, which is where you may have seen many folks saying, well, we are insurance exchanges and, and you know, insurance marketplaces, or you go deep. So you become an MGA and you become a provider of a product, like, like Lee was saying, and essentially have brokers come and procure products from you. Um, now, what we have done is, because in this case, we have an excellent opportunity of cross-selling, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to stay right now in the insurance sort of that horizontal marketplace, wherein we are able to provide additional products as cross-sells, 
Now, will we shift and go deep in one stack? Maybe we choose a workers' comp stack and become an MGA there. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's still we are evolving that. But right now, our strategy is remain horizontal, provide more cross-sells, and that's how you grow the business. Yeah, it's very interesting to me. Like I'm familiar like on Shopify, there's a whole range of apps. And, and most of those apps, their entire business is just providing that app uh, purpose to Shopify for Shopify customers. And, 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 and when you think about Shopify customers, I mean, there's tens of thousands of them and they do everything you can imagine. And so isn't that particularly complicated though? But I guess if you're just functioning as the broker, it really doesn't matter what the business is that's interested in buying insurance. Uh, again, you're spot on. As I said, I must, after this podcast, I must send out a job requisition to Rob. <laughs> Please. Please do. Uh, exactly. I mean, as, as an intermediary layer, um, it doesn't matter to us because we are not underwriting any product at the moment. So mm -hmm. the complexity and the risk undertaking is less for us. We are, we are saying we are connecting or we're the broker of additional products and to the carriers while automating all of that on the platform. Mm -hmm. um, and we are simplifying the workflows of the POs as a SaaS play, and which is why we are getting this access. Um, and I haven't really spoken about, I think, the, and then where, you know, should our strategy evolve to become an MGA and as a, as a vertical stack, the advantage, other advantage we are going to play very strongly in the market is data. Uh, we have, as I told you, we connect with the payroll instances or the HR instances, and we could have, you know, access to uh, data like claims that, uh, data or lost data and stuff like that. And which is what can feed into our data models that we can use eventually for underwriting as well. So the, the, there is a whole slew of advantage of being embedded. And that's why I'm a big fan of embedded uh, marketplace. And, and I've been very clear in my strategy from day one that we'll never become a direct storefront of going directly to the SMBs and having them procure insurance through us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how did you get here? Tell, tell us a little bit about the history. As Lee was saying, I was having a very nice, uh, you know, tenure as, 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 you know, as, as I was a CPO CTO and of, of a multi-billion dollar firm. Um, and, uh, you know, having starting a firm uh, has always been in my heart, but of course, having being the father of, two daughters, two dogs, and, and my wife, uh, uh, you know, it's never been a good time uh, right. for me to uh, take the leap. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, having disrupted financial services uh, and, and coming from a very strong fintech background, um, you know, it was very clear to me that there are sister segments like insurance, um, like taxes, like mortgage, which, which needs change. Uh, I mean, frankly, you know, you know when I... Uh, when I looked at how, you know, you know, clearly many of the insurtechs are trying to simplify the process, but I mean, there's, there's so, so much manual stuff that goes on in this industry that you look at it and you're like, why? Um, and, um, you know, and, and when the opportunity came, um, in terms of, you know, one of the other co-founders who was, um, you know, working with, um, you know, he was at a GSB program uh, and they were working with somebody, uh, a leader from the PO industry, uh, who tried to explain to him about the workflows of the PO and how it works. What we saw there was, 
a nugget, a goal sort of in terms of the distribution. Um, and which is why I said, well, yes, we want to simplify this industry, but I was not convinced to jump until I saw what the distribution could look like, because that's really in my mind, the power of growing the business. And so I never wanted to build a product and then find the product market fit or find the distribution. So, um, once we saw that, we jumped into it and, and, and we're happy we did that. We started the firm back in 2021. Uh, we raised our first round uh, um, earlier this year. Um, and which is amazing, which is, uh, yeah, wonderful. A, a very young firm and raised quite a bit of, of money there. Yeah, and we are fortunate enough to being backed by strategic investors, MSAD, um, Excellent Holdings, you know, which is sort of the whole founding of Altamount Capital, uh, NH and VR Ventures. So very happy with the strategics out there uh, and uh, making good progress, uh, Rob and Lee. So, so uh, I know we've had um, Coterie on mm -hmm. our podcast a couple of yes. times. David, yes. David, David, David the, yes. the founder there, great guy. Yes. Yes. He sent us swag, by the way. This, <laughs> is, this is a shameless hint that, uh, oh, that, that we need swag. I bet Mar Mulberry has some very good swag. I bet Mulberry has some swag that, yeah. frankly, it sounds like Burberry. Frankly, <laughs> should have been here before the podcast. <laughs> I got the head. I got the head. Okay. okay. Like subtle. Subtle. Yes. I got the head, Robin. Yes. Um, uh, but oh, very the, subtle guy. I see that you have a partnership with Coterie. Explain that. Explain yeah. how that works yeah, and partnerships why, why are it very is. important to you. It seems like correct. I think I think this is a very key element for us. So we have uh, partnerships both with um, you know the HR partners because you know we want to of course integrate with their uh, payroll and HR instances. So we have a slew of partnerships there. Um, we also have to drive partnerships with carriers and MGAs. Uh, so David, you know, of course, I've had interactions with David through email. Uh, we were um, trying, they are also an API sort of first approach on their GL product. Uh, um, and that's where the interaction with uh, Coterie started. So we essentially have integrated with Coterie and our partners on providing their GL product to our SMB base. Um, and the whole integration is via APIs and which is what sort of made it quite easy and nice for us. So they're one of your carriers, if you will, even though they're, they're an MGA in particular. Correct. Correct. Uh -huh. Correct. Uh -huh. You can classify there. We are using their GL product on our marketplace. Correct. Same thing with Cowbell. Same thing with Cowbell. I, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we have an excellent relationship with Cowbell. Actually, their CEO is on the client advisory board uh, cool. that I have. Um, and same thing with uh, all the other carriers that you see. We are essentially, as you described, we are a marketplace. So we are uh, we are providing their products on our marketplace and to serve the SMBs. That's interesting that you guys are involved with InsureTax. Um, are there are there any um, incumbent carriers that you're using as well? Yeah. Yes. Um, on the workers' comp, we have uh, partnerships with the likes of uh, Antrust. Hartford, uh, Markel, employers. Mm -hmm. um, on uh, cyber, we have partnerships, as you can see on our from a site, with the likes of Cowbell, Corvus, Coalition, and those are much of those insured techs. Mm -hmm. 
you know, we are also trying to now expand uh, a bit on our GL portfolio as well. Um, and, uh, you know, eventually I think we are also trying to see, I mean, you know, the key is that how do we serve a mix of appetites? So we are always looking for, you know, creating partnerships. Uh, we are in certain, we are in talks as we speak with about three to four more carriers as well. Um, our sort of strategy is that we work with the carriers who offer an API integration to us um, because our transactions uh, are happening through the platform, through APIs. So we want to not have any manual interaction as much as we can. And that's why these API integrations are key to us. Now, there are carriers who are uh, moving towards this digital revolution. Uh, so we are finding they're making good progress, uh, but there are certainly, you know, carriers who are still very early on. Um, and that's where, you know, it becomes a bit of a, a challenge for us as well uh, as we navigate through finding those carriers that fit in what we are looking for to make this successful. Is that is that what most of the time is spent on at the company, building APIs, technology, things like that? Or is there an actual sales department who helps helps sell the, the policies? It's an excellent question, uh, Lee. I think what we have realized, and I think every InsurTech uh, has realized, uh, that, look, it is insurance is not a, you know, an online transaction that I wake up and I go to Amazon and I click checkout and I'm on my way. Too um, complicated. Too complicated. Too, yes. So you automate as much as you can. But what we have done is we are a licensed producer. Um, mm -hmm. you know, as, as a firm. So we have licensed producers in our uh, staff as well. So essentially when the SMBs have questions around the coverages, around the policies, they're able to call back uh, to us and our licensed producers can get on and uh, explain the coverages. And so we have, to your point, Lee, we have to have a, like, a producer department in the mm -hmm. firm. Sure. Uh, we also have to have a sales department in the sense that, sure. you know, how do we get more POs um, and how do we right. make traction there? Um, <laughs> right. right. And then plus, I think, you know, there's the other Nirvana, you know, I think earlier the InsurTech started with the Nirvana that, look, you do a quote, you do a bind and every time it will be quoted, every time it will be bound through the platform. But even that, you will find that many of these carriers in the back, sometimes there are things that are referred. Right. So let's say I'm writing a policy for Rob today. Rob comes to me and he says, I have, I run a small, medium business and I have no losses over the last four years. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm running pretty nicely. And so I, I submit that through the platform. It goes and hits the carriers because we have to submit his losses too. And uh, we can get the loss ratio from, uh, you know, from his past claims and stuff. And, and the carriers say, great, it's accepted. Here's a new code for Rob through the platform. And he can bind it through the platform along with DocuSign. Um, but Lee comes to us and he says, well, look, I have got a year's loss and I have this additional thing that may not be, you know, too simple. And in that case, the quotes become referred. And which is where you need manual intervention. It's because then there's some intervention between the underwriting department and the, and the producer. And so um, well, I always say that, I mean, in terms of, yes, technology is coming and creating a big difference here, but it's, it's, you need to have a little bit of a hybrid model um, uh, to succeed. So does the PEO charge you 
for their real estate? I mean, are you sharing revenue with the PEO? Is there is that what's in it for them? So the way we work is we pro, we charge a platform fee uh, to the PEOs or access for using a platform. So it's a great SaaS revenue for us. Um, and at the same time, we are able to, just like as you said, we are able to share sort of, um, you know, the revenue or the commission with the POs as well. Uh, if they're licensed producers, of course, they have to be. And that's the other incentive these POs also have, you know, because it adds to their top line, essentially, and to work with us. Hamesh, before we wrap up, let, let us ask you, what uh, have have we not touched on today? That's 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 interesting or of interest. I mean, look, I, I'll be very. I, I really enjoyed the conversation. I'm I'm particularly very impressed, and, and I'm not saying because uh, Lee's from my uh, university town and, and and Rob is from here, um, but but really, it was very impressive on how how insightfully you were able to engage and and essentially, you know, truly have a conversation around this embedded future of insurance, because that's what I feel is the future on how we can make a difference, you know, in this, in this land of insurance. Yeah. And what I love about what you guys have done is, you know, InsureTech is getting larger and larger all the time, more vast. Like we talked to people that are doing incredible technology things. Like we had uh, Dan Woods from Socotra on, mm-hmm. I mean, deep technology, stuff right mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. what you guys are doing is is you're going after you you see a particular market it's the definition of insure tech is increasing it's not just this vast broad thing i'm going after everybody you've found a very rich market and you're going after it with insurance technology to back it up i just I love that. I love that represents how InsureTech as a movement is maturing. Uh, Yep. Thank you, Rob. And thank you for being with us. And please come back soon. I, I look forward to great things from you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lee. The interesting thing about today's show is, is that Lee, Lee's having a bad hair day, mm-hmm. not per us, but per him, right, Lee? Right. Yeah, it's terrible. Okay. And so can we finish the podcast or, or are we just stuck because of your bad hair day? Well, you know, the other day my son asked me, hey, dad, whenever you go, maybe I told you this, whenever you go get, get your hair cut, do you tell them to cut it up the sides like that? <laughs> and I was like, no, son, that's terrible, son. You don't, you don't ask somebody that. And my wife was like, you, you can't ask him that. We just ignore it. We just don't let him know that it's receding. We, we don't talk about we it. Don't ask a man with a receding hairline <laughs> that question. So is that how that works? I'd just sit there and, and, and then you just ask him to, you know, to, to cut it up high like that. Yeah, son, that's what I do. I don't think that Hamesh would appreciate this conversation. However, However, this is the this is the life that we lead in the world of is. podcasting. We thank you for being with us today. Thank you to our production staff for all they do. We had a lot of technical difficulties today. We thank a, Hamesh a ton yeah. for sticking thank with Thank you for it. being uh, flexible. Thank you. And Sarah, thank you, Sarah, for being on. Thank you. And uh, until next time, we'll say goodbye, everybody. <laughs>